I help people all the time create affirmations that guide their lives. And uh, here we talk about the three P's to make your to make your affirmation positive, personal, and present tense. To put it in the present tense so you can really try it on in your body. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and joy. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at Judy banker.com. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses and other offerings, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Zest, where you're going to get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits. And I also have a Facebook group where we talk about all things aging and zestful. Just go to Facebook groups and enter Zestful Aging. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, I've got my little Jack Russell Sparky right by my side. So let's begin. We have a wonderful interview for you today. Gay Hendricks is a thought leader in the fields of relationship transformation and mind-body transformation for more than 45 years. He's written more than 40 books, including bestsellers such as Five Wishes, The Big Leap, Conscious Loving, and Conscious Loving Ever After. And his latest book, Conscious Luck, reveals eight ways to change your fortunes through the power of intention. Gay has appeared on more than 500 radio and television shows, including Oprah, CNN, CNBC, 48 Hours, and others. And this interviewer is feeling absolutely no pressure at all with (laughs) with those big names. (laughs) Welcome to the program, Gay. Thank you very much, Nicole. It's uh, great to be with you. And uh, as a matter of fact, it's a very timely day to be with you because today happens to be my birthday. Uh, Your birthday? Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy Inauguration Day. What are you. you doing to celebrate? Oh, man, do I have a fabulous day underway here. Um, well, one of my dear friends, Susie Batiz, happens to be here. She's here from Dallas. And uh, this week, working with another dear friend of ours, uh, Zena Muzika. And um, Susie called the other day and said, hey, I'm going to be in town for your birthday. I'm bringing my private chef up from <gasps> Dallas with me. Uh, could he cook you a fabulous birthday lunch? Oh, and, my uh, gosh. Exactly what would you like? And so I found out uh, things he loves to cook. And so we're going to have some brisket and mashed potatoes mm. and sautéed wild mushrooms and all the kinds of things I just Ooh. love. So, so that's my uh, a lot of my day. And then I'm going to go play golf with my uh, number one golf buddy, Jim Selman, at 1.30 this afternoon. That is a beautiful day. 
beautiful food outside with your people doing a fun activity. Well, it, it doesn't get better than that. No, it doesn't. And it's going to be a beautiful day here today, maybe a bit uh, windy. I live in Southern California where we get the Santa Ana winds a lot this time of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if it doesn't blow us off the golf course, it'll Mm -hmm. be a good day. (laughs) Well, I'm in upstate New York and we're currently having a snow squall. So (laughs) we're, we're in different worlds, very different worlds. But happy birthday. And I'm so happy to have you on, especially now. I think people are really reaching and and desperate for some some words of wisdom and you put a lot of emphasis on the power of our own thoughts and I'd like to start with asking you why is that so important well here's the the big overarching reason my wife Katie and I we've been together now uh, 40 years and in the past 40 years we've done the equivalent of 30-some laps all around the world. And no matter what country we're in, whether it's in Asia or Europe or Africa or Canada, wherever we are, relationship problems are all the same. There may be cultural differences that, in a way, cause different influences, but down at the fundamentals, human beings have got these twin urges in us, the urge to be close to another person and a simultaneous, equally important urge to have our own autonomous relationship with ourselves. And so we go back and forth, often unconsciously, between getting close to other people and then distancing ourselves from other people. Now, what we're looking for and trying to create on planet Earth through our work at the Hendricks Institute and and through our nonprofit foundation is we want people to be able to have unity with another person and be their own autonomous creative self at the same time. Because how a lot of people do it is they get close and then they push the other person away. Then they get close, then they push the other person away. And when you get two people or sometimes even more people doing that, that causes big problems if people don't know what the underlying issue is. So here's where thought has its primacy. You see, your energy goes where your thoughts go. And so if you're if you're pumping out, let's say, victim thoughts all day long, thinking of yourself as a victim, why are people doing this to me? Why did he talk to me like this? What's you know, what's this things are unfair? Yeah, yeah, things are unfair. And if you're pumping out thoughts like that, your energy goes in that direction. And also your relationships go in that direction. Because then you tend to seek out people who have that same victim point of view. And so what we have to do in ourselves is, at least at first, create one positive thought about what you want consciously, rather than be run by what you don't want unconsciously. Let me give you an image I use here with... um, people who come to our seminars, I ask them, and I'll ask your audience too, have you ever seen in a, in a Western movie or in real life, perhaps in Amish country, a horse pulling a buggy with people in it? Mm, we a, have that in upstate New York, actually. There's a lot of Amish, yes. Yes. And, and similarly, you've seen in Western movies, perhaps 
a bunch of horses pulling a stage coach across the prairie. Well, have you ever seen one where the horse is pushing the buggy? Probably not, unless it was a, a trick show or something like mm, that. But mm -hmm. the reason is that horses are better muscled to pull than they are to push. And so you can get more out of your horse by having it up front pulling you toward the future. And this is why thoughts are important, because it's better to have positive thoughts pulling you toward the future than it is to have negative thoughts pushing you from behind. Mm -hmm. Much more powerful. And what I say is start with one single positive thought about the thing you want to create in the world, because that lifts you out of being driven by the past. So, for example, um, my wife and I, uh, Katie and I, go out on New Year's Day every year and spend a couple of hours in nature doing our kind of our manifestation uh, goals for the year. Uh, this year, we went to the to the beach to a place that overlooked the ocean. So we had the ocean in the distance as we were formulating our goals for the year. So here's an, a, a positive thought that we used for the year, that all of our assets are growing magnificently and managed with excellence. Mm -hmm. So there's an idea there that's a positive idea. It's out having, that's the horse you're putting out in front of you. And so take another area. Suppose you've been struggling with your weight. And so to create one positive thought is actually the first key step, which is to have a picture in your mind or even a sentence that says, I enjoy being at my ideal weight. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful idea expressed in a very positive way. I help people all the time create affirmations that guide their lives. And uh, here we talk about the three P's to make your, to make your affirmation positive, mm -hmm. personal, and present tense. To put it in the present tense so you can really try it on in your body. So I enjoy every moment of living in my ideal body. There's a great positive thought that will cancel out all that old negative thinking and shaming of yourself. So uh, there's my big message uh, for the day, Nicole, is uh, start any manifestation project by creating one single positive thought and then go from there. That's that's great. Now, I'm going to ask you something I'm sure you've asked been asked before, but uh, we are familiar with the, the level of trauma in our population and how trauma affects the brain. Um, talk to me about how developing these affirmations may uh be able to uh, neutralize some of those neural pathways that are sort of ground in that life is scary, I can't trust people based on people's uh, possible traumatic pa uh, pasts? Yes. Well, that's a very key question because, as you said, there's a lot of trauma in a lot of different quarters 
these days. And, you know, in, in one way, these past few years have been one mm. massive trauma to our psyche. Amen uh, on that. And, and so we've all got some coming out of trauma to do. The important thing, though, is to establish a new idea that's that's got some oomph to it to you. To establish a positive new idea, it doesn't mean you're holding yourself hostage to the future. It just means that just like turning on a, a light in the darkness and then focusing it on some spot over there that's got a beautiful work of art on it. So it's beauty pulling you toward it. And so uh, regardless of the different kinds of trauma, we work with all sorts of different kinds of trauma from, you know, rock solid, deep in their victim things where somebody was a victim of mm -hmm. a sexual assault, for big, example. Big T, yeah. Yeah. Big T trauma. All the way to, you know, things that are easier to heal and deal with, such as you know, a feeling of abandonment and a divorce or something like that. So uh, it, it, in a way, they all work the same way, though, because you have to first acknowledge the trauma. You have to acknowledge at a deep body level the feelings that have been put there as a result of that experience. Mm -hmm. And there are three layers of feeling in our body that don't get enough attention. One is the anger layer, uh, which the muscles of the upper back between your shoulder blades up into your neck and out into your jaws contract when you're angry. You probably felt that yourself where the back mm -hmm. of your neck gets stiff or mm -hmm. your jaws get tight when you're angry about something. The second feeling zone that is often overlooked is in the chest and upper throat, uh, upper chest and throat area, a kind of a cloudy pressured sensation tugging at the throat, lump in the throat. Those are sadness sig signals. And just like the anger signals from the upper back and neck, we have those sadness ceiling, uh, feelings in our chest. The third layer down deeper in our belly and all the way from our solar plexus to the upper pelvis, those butterfly sensations in there uh, are all about things we're scared about. And what often happens as as people relate to each other in close relationships or in a business relationship or whatever, those three feelings often don't get spoken about in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And if we don't become transparent to those emotions in ourselves, and if we don't learn to speak about them articulately to each other, you know, in a simple way, like if I were angry at you, Nick, Nicole, because I'm practiced at it, I'd say, hey, Nicole, I felt some anger at you a few minutes ago when dot, dot, dot happened. Mm -hmm. Or if something you said hurt my feelings, I know now to say articulately, hey, Nicole, I feel sad about something that just happened, or I feel scared about something that's going on right now. Those kinds of 10-second statements, we call them here, 10-second miracles is what we call them, because We've seen thousands of cases where a couple will come in at each other's throats or a pair of business associates. We do a lot of consulting with, with business teams that work with us now virtually, but in the recent past, they would come here to work with us here in California. 
And they all work the same way in the following way, that if there's something unspoken under the surface, all sorts of drama will be created on the surface to get the attention Mm -hmm. to finally say, hey, John, I felt hurt at what you said last Mm -hmm. week. I've seen that work miracles in business situations as well as in thousands of couples that we've seen. I think we've seen about 4,500 couples now. And so it's a common pattern to withhold. And when you withhold, when you don't speak about what's important, you withdraw and then you start to project onto the other person. They don't look as good (laughs) as as they did when you were having an open-hearted conversation with them. I see. So I'm just trying to imagine sort of the stages. And I'm I'm guessing that the first thing is to acknowledge what you're feeling and where it might be coming from and the trauma in a way of clearing the decks so you can then insert some positive affirmations. Did I get, is that sort of the basic gist? Yes. So step one has to be a deep whole body acknowledgement of where you are now. Mm-hmm. You can't positive think your way out of something until you deeply acknowledge how it is. Because unless you can deeply acknowledge in your body all of the different feelings and sensations that come along with a particular issue, you're just simply rearranging the deck chairs <laughs> on the ship, you know, mm-hmm. rather than doing something deep underneath. Mm-hmm. I see. I think that's so important because many people talk about affirmations, but you're saying that's a tool, that's a part of a much bigger job, yes. I think, a much more substantial transformation. You're not talking yourself into, or it's almost like papering over, like, oh, actually, I, I, you know, I am going to have wealth and prosperity and love. But if you don't do the underneath work, that's just chatting. Exactly. And that's why here, and it's kind of our specialty, is we use body-centered approaches. Mm -hmm. We use a lot of insight also, and a lot of different mental level wisdom and affirmations and things. But see, almost nobody knows how to use affirmations in a way that makes them actually effective. And the reason is because they try to do them purely mentally, and Mm. they don't know how to hook up the enormous energy resources of their unconscious and their body consciousness. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, once you can hook up your conscious mind with your unconscious and the power of your body, that's a whole different thing there because Mm -hmm. then you're using your whole being as the broadcasting beacon for what you want to create in the world rather than just using that tiny part of the mind that's involved with logic and words and that kind of thing. Mm, I see you're changing the entire software. You're yes. not just tinkering with an upgrade. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard it said that way before. Well, I just, <laughs> I just made it up. But yeah, so I think that's such an important thing because as I said, you know, manifesting, vision boards, all of this has been around for a while, but you're talking about it in quite a different way. 
Hey, lovely listeners, I have something really special to share with you. I recently interviewed Dr. Elise Bailu, who is the founder of Mindfulness in May. Every May, thousands of people worldwide join the program featuring the world's best experts and build mental resilience through committing to 10 minutes of meditation per day, while also raising funds to address the world's most urgent global issues. Over the last eight years, Mindful in May has taught over 40,000 people to meditate while raising $800,000 to bring clean, safe drinking water to the developing world. Well, I'm going to give out five free registrations for Mindful in May to the listeners of Zestful Aging who write the most descriptive and original five-star review of Zestful Aging on whatever platform you use to listen. And after you rate the show, please copy and paste your review and send it to me at ZestfulAging.com with instructions on how to contact you. The contest ends April 30th, and I'll be joining the program in May, and I can't wait. And please check out mindfulinmay.org. It's really special. Look for Elise Bailu's episode coming soon. Now, back to the show. And I'm curious, um, I mean, this is obvious, but how does one know whether they've really reprogrammed and whether their unconscious and conscious are are aligned what what is the experience like the experience is first two things really first a sense of ease and flow in your body itself so instead of that tangled up feeling in your mind and that kind of confused feeling in your body instead mm-hmm. of fear and that kind of thing what happens is you click into a flow that's actually been there all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just that so much stuff was clouding over it, so much kind of undigested issues. And once those start to clear up, then you feel this wonderful flow all the time. And it's my barometer in my body. I mean, I, I accessed it ages ago now, but it's it's been in me so long that if I don't feel it, even for a second, I say, hmm, what's going wrong here? Did I say something you know, that wasn't completely authentic or did I fail to listen to somebody or did I, what did I, you know, so I kind of look in there and say, hmm, what's going on? So that's the first thing that will begin to happen. The second thing that will begin to happen is life itself will begin to unfold much more smoothly. Things will happen that seem to be spontaneously positive you know, from very simple things like finding a parking place mm-hmm. easily to much more complicated things like, oh, yesterday, I got to tell you this, this is fresh on my mind. About six months ago, one of the, um, a, a woman in her 60s, who is a, a donor to our nonprofit foundation, got in touch with me and said, basically, I've been I've been single for a long time, and now I think I'm ready to get back into a relationship again. And she'd had kind of a traumatic relationship 16 years ago and, you know, left her kind of with a lot of stuff that she hadn't dealt with. And so as she began to unwind it doing some of our work, then she came to this point six months ago where she got in touch with me and we talked. And she said, I think I'm ready for a relationship now. 
So I invited her to do a couple of affirmations and a kind of a visualization or two uh, to kind of put out like the horse before the buggy uh, to put out her horse, which is going to pull her toward the future, which is having an easy, loving relationship with a man her own age who is just as interested in learning and growing as she is. And so that was the general idea, the general affirmation. And I showed her how to hook that up with her breathing and how to get it rooted in her body and and all, all the things that give manifestation requests their power. So just yesterday, I got a call from her and she said, it happened. And she told me all about the new guy and they're engaged. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, so, so I was so thrilled to hear that because, you know, there's nothing better for a person. You know, I, I write books like The Big Leap and Conscious Loving. And, and those are fun. I like cashing the royalty checks and everything. But what's really fun about writing a book is when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, that book changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so these are the moments that kind of Ah, mm -hmm. and to hear that directly from her yesterday just uh, sent a whole thrill through me. You've been doing this for a really long time, and I can hear the excitement in your voice about, listen to what happened and how how deeply satisfying this work is for you. Yeah, well, you know, I when I was in my 30s, I made a big decision. I decided that I wanted to create a job that I would never want to retire from. And it worked because, <laughs> you know, for many, many years now, I've, I haven't had to really work for money since I was 50. And now I'm 76 as of today. Uh, so it's been a very long time of being able to focus on doing just what I love to do. Uh, because they haven't had to do any of it, really. So what still gives me the biggest thrill of all, though, is to experience somebody having a big life change as a result of something I wrote or something I said to them. And that's like yeah, <laughs> dessert all the time. Mm -hmm. I love that dessert all the time. And is is that the legacy that you want to leave, Gay? Is 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 the power of your work? Yes, I think so. I Well, there are a couple of things. I Katie and I get letters all the time and email and everything uh, appreciating us for being a role model for them in relationship of two people who have been able to live and love for 40 years and also both have careers and have both of our names on 10 books and be on Oprah together and all those kind of things that we've done as a couple that Katie and I wanted to have our relationship be a living laboratory as as we went along over the years. And so that seems to, I, I think that's the big legacy I have to leave is a relationship that ran on positive energy for 40 years and, and mm -hmm. served as a beacon to others. And so I want other people to do that kind of thing for the people in their life. And, and also, yeah, I'm very proud of the work we've created. That was one of my big intentions for my life was to uh, create a living body of work where I left nothing unsaid. Everything that I've learned has been shared. And so I, uh, you know, I, as I get ready over the next whatever years to uh, exit this planet, it's with a deep sense of satisfaction that you know, I've done everything I possibly could to uh, make my goals and dreams come true. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have any thoughts about using your um, your work to heal? Uh, you talked about the uh, the four year trauma we've all experienced. What do you think we could learn about uniting our country uh, with the work that you've done? How could that apply to creating a healthy, healthier society? Yes. Well, there is one big problem, I think, that a lot of humanity suffers from, especially in the television age over the past, whatever it's been, 70 years or so that television has been widely available. A lot of advertising and a lot of media are always attempting to talk you out of your body. You never hear you know, you've obviously noticed on television at night, they run a lot of food commercials mm-hmm. to for make people go for that cheeseburger, the new mm-hmm. deluxe cheeseburger, mm-hmm. the new mm-hmm. stack of 13 patties on eight buns kind of thing. Uh, that, <laughs> with 12 uh, strips of bacon. With 12 strips of bacon, you know, and it comes with a, a little vial of Lipitor along with it. So you, so you can That's chug called- your Lipitor. <laughs> It's called food porn, I believe. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's all advertised on TV at night to make people rush out and get it the next day, obviously. But you never hear anybody come on or, or like pharmaceutical commercials are another classic example. Oh, boy. You never hear a kindly white-haired doctor in a white coat step forward and say, hey, listen, use medications really is your last resort. Get good at noticing things in your body. Notice when you're angry. Notice when you're scared. Because like when you're angry, folks, your back tightens up. And if you don't know it's because you're angry, if you think it's for some other reason, you're likely to miss out 95% of the time on why your back is tight. And so we've got to get good at handling the messages of our body rather than just relying on the messages from our mind because the messages in our mind can be easily corrupted Mm -hmm. by people who are pushing their own interests. You know, we've had uh, a lot of four years, in my opinion, of having requiring more and more people to leave behind their common sense and rely on, you know, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Conspiracy theories and mm, those mm. kinds of things that really have a charm to the mind, but what they do is fuel hatred and glee, the same kind of things you saw when the uh, the Trump people attacked the Capitol the other mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot about learning to stay in your body. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, if you watch a lot of TV, you might be tempted to think, oh, that guy, he, he's always looking in control and in charge of everything on TV. Let's vote for him. Well, that's crazy. You know, that's just absolutely leaving your body behind, behind because if you didn't know in your body that you were being conned, you got mm-hmm. a problem because mm-hmm. you're susceptible to being conned just about every day of your life. And so we to make ourselves unconnable, we have to get back in touch with the reactions of our body, not just the information that's flowing around in our mind. Especially now that information is so sophisticated in manipulating us. Um, I was just learning about uh, advertisers 
learning to use their voices in a way that evokes emotion. Um, because now, of course, with scans, we can see what affects our brain. And there's so much information and data that advertisers use to to corrupt us, as you say. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, the, the current movie that a lot of people have been talking about as the, the movie The Social um, Dilemma. Yes, <laughs> that's right. The Social Dilemma. Yeah, and that'll make your hair stand on mm. end about the sophistication of the cyber folks mm -hmm. uh, to do that. But it's all over the place because uh, a friend of mine, uh, this is very interesting, uh, a friend of mine, a fellow psychologist, he graduated, you know, like summa cum laude from Harvard with his degree. And uh, so he went to work in the mental health field for at the time, you know, like $15,000 a year. And he was telling me, this was way back in the, you know, 40 years ago when he told me this, he said that it blew him away that his, all of his fellow really smart guys from Harvard went to Madison Avenue for like $60,000 a year. <laughs> and, uh, because, uh, they have a way of wanting to really, uh, hire very, the most brilliant people in society. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, for, but let's keep our mind on the big issue. The Greeks had a word for it 2,500 years ago. It's called alexithymia. And it's a medical term now, but it was originally coined by the Greeks, which it means is being out of touch with your feelings, mm -hmm. not being able to recognize your emotions, a, a disease of being cut off in your mind from what's going on below your neck. And so that's a big issue. We have a societal problem of alexithymia. And it, it, it's catching on in a way that I think it's positive because now if you go to an American Medical Association conference, 30 years ago, there was very little approach to nutrition or breathing or yoga or any of the body-centered therapies. But now if you go to an AMA convention, You'll see tons of workshops on breathing and mm -hmm. nutrition and yoga and things like that. It's just mind-boggling in a way. So I really want to compl uh, compliment my medical colleagues. There's still a lot of resistance to whole body thinking, holistic thinking, but it's really catching on in a way that I never predicted it would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the body is the expert, not the yes. brain. Okay. Yes, because it's evolved for millions and millions of years. I mean, look, it's been approximately 50 million years since our side parted from the folks that became the whales and they went back to the ocean. You know, they tried it up on land for a little while and then they said, eh, I don't think this is for me. And they went back to the ocean 50, 50 million years ago. And some days when I'm out swimming in the ocean, I see them go by. They look like they're having a pretty good time. So I wonder if I made the right uh, choice, my ancestors. Uh, but it's only been for the past couple of million years that mm -hmm. we've evolved things that look like us, you know, uh, apes and people that walk around on hind legs and that kind of thing. So, But it's only been the past 50,000 years or so that we've been working up this particular software in our minds, our thinking and our logic and those kinds of things that help us build tools and make decisions that got us here to this stage of evolution. But now we need to go to a next stage of evolution because if we keep going the way we're doing, we're going to <laughs> off ourselves very quickly, either poison uh -huh. ourselves uh, toxically or blow uh -huh. ourselves up. 
up. So we've got to evolve this next stage of human being that has cured themselves of alexithymia, that's making decisions with their whole being rather than just with the tiny 50-cent piece part of the mind that can think in logic. That is so fascinating. I'm sure you've heard this idea that the mind is is a great servant, but a terrible master. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is so fascinating. It makes me want to to order all your books and just uh, read them one after the other. It is so... This stuff is, it just really blows my hair back, as one of my clients likes to say. I want to uh, let our audience know where they can find out more about your work um, and more about you. Yes, please go to Hendricks.com, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com. And we have a lot of resources there. We also have a nonprofit foundation, the Foundation for Conscious Living. And there's a whole curriculum of body-centered exercises that you can access free over there. And, uh, of course, uh, all the big booksellers, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, Mm -hmm. sell our books. Perhaps our most popular two books are The Big Leap and Conscious Loving. And so uh, those are two great places to start. Also, we're all over Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just sent out a... Uh, sent out things on Instagram this morning about my birthday and a birthday gift ah! I have for people to download. So uh, enjoy Beautiful. and uh, great to what's be here on hand- this particular what's, what's your handle, Gay, on uh, Twitter? It's Hendrix.Gay. Oh, okay. wait a minute. On Twitter, it's at <laughs> Gay Hendricks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, we there's, Okay. We'll, and we'll and on up. Instagram, it's Hendrix.Gay. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, I am so happy that you made time on such a special day. I did a happy inauguration dance this morning, and it's your birthday, so that is really special. I'm super, uh, I, I, I love brisket. There's so many interesting ways to make it. And it sounds like uh, it's going to be a delicious lunch and a beautiful day. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, especially at this time. I think we're all really looking for something deeper. And uh, I so appreciate your time, Gay. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Blessings to you and all your listeners. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about a powerful new tool that supports your mental and emotional health in what are extremely trying times. And you may remember that I've been a psychotherapist for 30 years and I'm always a little suspicious of products that claim to help us feel less anxious, depressed, or worried. But then I was introduced to a new kind of app called Cope Notes, and I have become a big fan. Cope Notes was developed by a guy who spent a lot of his life trying to figure out what might help support him through his own weekly psychotherapy sessions. Cope Notes is an app that gives you random texts through the day to break through some of the negative messages that might be repeating in your head. It's well-researched and has been a adopted by many mental health facilities. I highly recommend it. I think we can all use a little support right now. So check out copenotes.com. 
com forward slash zestful. I will receive a small portion of those proceeds. Um, and I'd love to hear your feedback about how it works for you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.